Big developments today in the on the Donald Trump legal front. ABC News legal analyst Royal Oaks is with us from California. Royal, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, very big day. Really all over the country. Uh, a civil case that threatens to knock Donald Trump off the presidential ballot. Uh, New York, the civil case that threatens to take $250 million away from him. And uh, the criminal case in January 6th, uh, election interference, Washington, D.C., the judge has reiterated her gag order, preventing Donald Trump from doing what he does best and likes to do best. That is uh, talk about folks he disapproves of. So let's start with that one. She is reinstating that gag order. This is he campaigns, basically saying that he cannot talk about anyone else involved in the case or make public statements at target prosecutors, court staff or any reasonably foreseeable witness. His camp says this is way out of bounds. He's a guy running for president. He should be able to do what he wants. What's your analysis of what the judge did here and what's likely to happen moving forward? Yeah, the gag order, of course, uh, is permissible under some circumstances. Uh, People don't really like it because it does interfere with people's First Amendment rights. But judges have a right to maintain orderly proceedings in their court to make sure witnesses aren't intimidated, frightened, feel threatened. You know, in this case, some folks, even on the left, think that perhaps Judge Chutkin in Washington, D.C. might have crossed the line. For example, Erwin Chemerinsky, a very liberal dean of UC Berkeley Law School, who writes lots of op-ed pieces, and they're all reliably very progressive. Uh, a few days ago, he wrote one saying, I think she blew it. Um, the First Amendment is designed to protect people who want to vilify the government, and that's what Donald Trump wants to do. Now, the harder case is when it, and if Donald Trump intimidates witnesses, causes his followers perhaps to threaten them. And uh, Irwin said, yeah, th- that would be a tougher case. But so far, he hasn't done that. He's basically been going after Mike Pence and William Barr. and They're big boys. They can, they can uh, defend themselves. So it, it's kind of a toss-up as to whether the appellate courts might bless this gag order out of Washington, D.C., and very soon they're going to have a chance to weigh in on whether it's legal or not. It's a civil case, Royal, but how much does this threaten Trump's business dealings in New York? Yeah, the civil case in New York is kind of like a death sentence for Donald Trump, because what happened is a couple of weeks ago, before the civil case in New York for fraud, uh, overstating the value of Trump's properties, before that uh, trial started, the judge made a pretrial ruling based on a motion in which he said, OK, I've heard all I need to hear. Uh, Donald Trump did defraud the banks by exaggerating the value of his property. So a $250 million fine is what the New York attorney general wants the judge to order. And also uh, the judge has the power to say, all right, for the next five years, Donald Trump, his family, his organization can have no involvement in New York real estate business. So it's a very big deal for Donald Trump, even though it's just a civil case, not one of the four criminal cases that could land him in jail. Royal Oaks with us, the ABC News and legal analyst. So Donald Trump Jr. testifying today, it's obviously bad optics. It's a rough situation. From a legal standpoint, how significant is that testimony today? Well, essentially, what the prosecution is trying to do, actually, the attorney general, it's a civil case, not a criminal case, is to demonstrate that Don Jr., when he took over the Trump real estate holdings after Donald Trump became president in January 2017, 
he knew darn well that there was an exaggeration of the properties. And so you, you go to the bank and you say, like a giant loan, well, what do you got to collateralize it? Oh, I've got Trump Tower, it's worth X dollars. The judges determined that uh, Donald Trump uh, lied about the value. Donald Trump Jr. testifying today, though, kind of tried to stay above it all. He was asked, are you familiar with the accounting phrase, generally accepted accounting principles or GAP? And he said, I don't know for, from GAP. I took accounting in college in the 90s. I was basically leaving all that stuff to the accountants. So his testimony probably isn't going to be a huge deal tomorrow. Eric Trump will testify Friday, Ivanka. And then the uh, the big finish to the headliner, Donald Trump, will be testifying in that civil case in New York on Monday. So that will be a dramatic day. Royal, is it clear what Trump Jr.'s roles were when working and reporting to his father? Well, pretty clear in the sense that when Trump became president, all of his holdings went into a revocable trust, meaning after he's out, they can unwind the trust and he can control it again. But while he's in office, uh, he has no involvement in the real estate dealings. So there's no conflict of interest. And the big guy in the White House also owning Trump Tower. So basically, Don Jr. was the head guy. He stepped into his dad's shoes as CEO to run the business. But as to what exactly he did during that time or what did he know about whether there was an exaggeration of value, you know, the attorney general is saying that by exaggerating the value of the property, Donald Trump was able to get sweetheart loan deals and saved him $168 million over what he would have to have paid back to the banks had he been honest about the value of his properties. What do we know about what's happening in Colorado? Well, six voters in Colorado filed a civil lawsuit, and they said to the judge, uh, okay, Your Honor, the 14th Amendment to the Constitution is pretty clear. It says if you engage in an insurrection, you may not be a federal officer, including president. So their argument is Donald Trump incited a riot and was an insurrectionist on the January 6th event, and as a result, he should be stricken from the ballot. So this is a kind of a stretch in the sense that there aren't any cases that really would support this. The Supreme Court has never weighed in on it. And yet, if they can convince a judge that Donald Trump incited a riot, uh, they may get him knocked off the ballot. They're doing the same thing in Minnesota and two or three other states, Maine, New Hampshire, New York. They're also looking at this as well. Hey, Royal, who would be called to testify uh, in this case in Colorado and potentially other cases in different states? Yeah, experts in election law, experts in uh, the meaning of the Constitution, they've already had some experts testifying saying that, uh, you, you know, this post-Civil War uh, amendment to the Constitution really was designed to go against Southerners who weren't happy about having lost the Civil War, and they, they were like making life miserable for the North uh, and, and black residents of the South uh, through their illegal conduct. And so the question is, does that really apply to today? And some experts for these six Colorado plaintiffs have been testifying that, yeah, this is the kind of thing that the 14th Amendment was made for. Uh, and they are expressing the opinion that Donald Trump did lead an insurrection in spite of the fact that he said to the crowd, go peacefully and patriotically to the Capitol uh, to resist. So the former president claims that these efforts were coordinated by the Democratic Party. What's happening there? Any proof of that? Well, don't know if there's proof, but certainly that's an argument that Donald Trump's uh, side when he'll when he has a chance to put on their case, because this Colorado trial just started a couple of days ago. And he will make the the arguments that he's made in so many other cases, namely, this really is weaponization of, of the legal system. And, you know, from Trump's political standpoint, it's kind of working for him. I mean, every time he gets indicted 
or has a mugshot taken or a gag order issued, boom, fundraising goes way up. His standing in the polls go way, goes way up. And even Democrats have acknowledged that if you look at the Gallup and the Harris and the real clear politics polls, Trump's ahead of Biden, maybe by just a point or two in some polls, but more in others. And so going against him in these various legal contexts has not worked yet. The real question, I think, is going to be what happens next year if one jury says Donald Trump was a felon and should go to prison? That will probably be a game changer. And all these bumps that Donald Trump has received could just completely dissipate. And instead, uh, Republicans are going to be looking around at Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley. ABC's Royal Oaks. Thank you. You bet.